we've been talking about the good and pleasing gifts of God. And we talked about the fact that if you want, you could receive wisdom. And that's something that God offers us. But of course, it comes with a price. The one thing about God's blessings is they do come with a price. He says that you can receive wisdom, but he says that it actually begins with the fear of the Lord. So once you start to understand that you have a healthy dose of fear of God, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think that this is a society that tells us that God is so loving and kind and that there's no judgment. And you know what? When you read God's word, you recognize that there is so much more that God says about that. He says he is a loving and kind God, but he also says that there is judgment that will take place. So we should have a healthy dose of fear of God to understand that he created life and he can take us out. So wisdom comes from that. We talked about favor, and I'll explain to you that favor comes out of really, um, out of obedience. You need to be obedient to God to receive favor. And if you recognize anything in God's word, if you read God's word at all, you'll realize that obedience is really the key to everything. It really is. Everything that God wants to do for us and help us through, he tells us first that we have to be obedient. And, and I think that's an interesting thing. Cause, I mean, if you're, you're in a family situation, you realize really quickly, don't you, that your family, the people who are in charge of you, whether they be your parents, you live with your grandparents, guardians, whatever, they expect you to be obedient, don't they? It's the way it works. I mean, I'm sorry, it's part of the way things work. And you know, it doesn't change. I think sometimes we have this idea thinking, oh, we're going to be 18 and no one's going to tell us what to do. You know what? You still have things that you have to listen to and you still have to be obedient. Basically, to be a a person in society together, all together, we have to be somewhat obedient. So God says that he will give us wisdom. He's going to give us favor. But tonight I want to talk to you about blessings. And uh, it's an interesting thing what God has to say about blessings. And Um, I think if we think about the word blessings, what are some things that come to mind? Like if we say blessing, what what are some thoughts? What do you have out there? Family? Okay. Okay. What does the word blessing signify or mean to you? Like when you think about, like if you hear the word blessing, do you think of it and how is it spoken about, Rebecca? Rebecca? Gifts, okay. Ellie? Okay, just basically a a gift, something you don't have to work for. Okay, Dave? Happiness, great. Okay, new start, a new beginning, that's awesome. I think that's an interesting way to to look at things, and I, I think that's really what God does say, some of those things. I think if we look at what blessings are, like how we see the word used on a daily basis... Um, we obviously see people use it as like at the start of a meal. I mean, some people pray before their meal and they call that the blessing. You know, they say, will you give the blessing for the prayer, for the, you know, to, to bless the meal and make it healthy and holy for us. And um, in society, we tell people to count their blessings. We're like, oh, count your blessings. That, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing what you have. And, and uh, obviously you can't think about the word blesses, bless really until you think about the opposite word, which is what? curse the opposite of blessing is curse how about when someone sneezes Achoo! what do you say people say god bless you you know that it really started in a pretty bizarre way people thought their souls were flying out of their bodies so people were like oh say god bless you and then their, their souls won't fly out 
And, you know, for a long time, I remember people would be like, oh, you don't want to say that, you know, because it's really stupid. You don't believe in that, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, I figure how often in today's society we're so anti-God most of the time. We're not allowed to say God bless you to anything. So, you know what? I use it now. I don't care if I hear someone sneeze across the way. It's God bless you. God bless you. Because, you know what? That's the only time you're going to get to say it. There's no way else you're going to be able to tell that to somebody. You think you're going to walk up to somebody and say, God bless you? They're going to be like, get out of here. But they sneeze and it's okay. So why not? Might as well do it. Um, I want to ask you, do you think you could have ever received blessings and not even realized it? Yeah. For one thing, I'm going to tell you what the biggest blessing of all is your life. You're living, you're breathing, you're here. That is a blessing in itself. The fact that you exist that you can stand, that you can take a breath, that you can walk, all that is a blessing. Basically, just because you live, you're blessed. Life is a blessing. We didn't just happen. No matter what society may tell us, that we just happened, just boop, we're here. You're actually a miracle. You're a miracle that took place, and obviously we've talked about the sex series, but I'm going to tell you, it's amazing the creation of life, how it can take place. The fact that a, a child can be inside of a mother and have completely, have life separate, be part of her body, but yet separate, completely separate, can have different type blood and everything is developed inside that woman. It is, it's just an amazing thing what God has, has done to give us life. So, you know, there's, there's a whole lot when we think about with blessings. And the Bible has so much to say about it. And, and he talks about it really Right off the bat, if you look in your Bible, if you look in Genesis 1, right off the bat, we hear and we can see about blessings. And so it's very, very, very little bit in the Bible that we can start talking about it right off the bat. And the first blessing really comes out of um, God when he's creating everything. And when God, his very first blessing is when God creates the fish and the birds. And he says, he considers them, he calls them good, and he blesses them. And then right after that, he actually blesses Adam and Eve. And he, because another, life. It's a life thing. And uh, he actually says in chapter 22, he says, let the fish multiply and fill the oceans and let the birds increase and fill the earth. And then with mankind, he tells Adam and Eve in verse 28 to multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. So right off the bat, he offers these blessings. He says he blesses those things. And I think that's really interesting to think about because it's definitely about life, isn't it? You can see that right off the bat. It's not the things, I mean, he, he had great things that were going on. I mean, he was creating the, the uh, earth as far as light and darkness and earth and water and the separations and stuff like that. But when it came to life itself, when it came to breathing and being, that's when he blessed those things. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about that, I think, is because blessings, really, out of blessings you can see that he really um, has a lot to do with multiplication. And I think that's really interesting because you can see that the fish and the birds, God says to multiply, to make more, to create more. Life, same thing. That's the first thing he tells a, a, a woman and a man once they're married. He says, you know, be fruitful, multiply, have kids. That's what you're supposed to do. And uh, that, that's what God likes. God likes the idea that there's more and more life. And uh, then the very next blessing comes, and that is the seventh day of uh, creation. 
which is what we consider our, our Sabbath. Some people consider it a, on a Sunday. There's some uh, other people that honestly look at a Sabbath or a Sunday, uh, the rest, the day of rest as being just a, a day that they can finally rest from their work. And, and that's a day that God actually blessed and he says to make it holy. And I really think that's interesting because whereas God blessed life with fish and birds and he wanted there to be something more that came out of it with multiplication and then with life, the same thing, he multi- wanted us to multiply and make something more out of it. I really think that he intended the same thing to take place on Sunday, the day of rest, whatever that day is for you, that you would take it, bless it, make it holy, and really make something more out of it than what it is. Just a simple day, maybe a day you don't have to go to school, don't have to go to work. He actually wants us to make it a day that we really can honor him and really seek after him and and worship him and and praise him and, and thank him for the things Uh, that he's given us it's not just a day off i think sometimes people have this mindset thinking well god just wants me just to take it easy you know yes he does he wants you to rest but it's also a day to stop and think about your relationship with him obviously the world's a very busy place we're extremely busy with school and the things that we're called to do and really it is taking a day that you can stop and think about who you are and, and who you are in christ and the things he does for you and the things maybe you need to be corrected about So you can see right off the bat in Genesis 1, you can see that there is a blessing. But very, very soon after is the first curse. And uh, whereas blessings come out of obedience, curses come out of disobedience, okay? And uh, I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about how at the beginning in Genesis um, verse 14 through 19, God actually curses the snake, and uh, it's an interesting thing because when you see that God actually, this is one animal that God has uh, cursed. He, says, he declares, he says, because you have done this, you will be punished. You are singled out from all the domestic and wild animals on the whole earth to be cursed. You will grovel in the dust as long as you live, crawling along in your belly. Well, we know that the serpent was the one who, offered, who really didn't offer the apple, basically just pointed out and said, did God really tell you that you can't eat from all these trees in the garden? And Adam and Eve both knew the story. They both knew the lowdown. No, she says, actually, you just can't eat from that tree. And he says, well, why not? Why wouldn't you want to let you eat it? He says, oh, I know why, because God basically doesn't want you to be as smart as him. And so right off the bat, out of disobedience, she goes and does this. And because of the fact that the snake was the one who tempted says god said right at the bat you're cursed then because of the disobedience he says to the woman that you're going to bear children with intense pain and suffering and though your desire will be for your husband he will be your master so we see the next really punishment out of disobedience that god actually said to the women that there's going to be pain and i'm going to tell you having two kids shelby and cameron if you guys don't know, those are both my two kids. Ouch, it hurt. It hurt. And you know what? Every one of you women out there, and someday, man, you're going to have your hands broke when your wife grabs it and busts your hand because that's what you do. Women, we try to give a little bit of pain back. We're just like, yes, you're getting some too. And uh, it hurts. To the man, what's interesting out of this of disobedience, he actually says, because you listen to your wife, and ate the fruit, which is interesting. Then this next part, that I told you not to eat. Do you understand when God told Adam, 
Eve wasn't even created yet. God actually told Adam not to eat of that fruit before Eve was even made out of that rib. So believe me, girls, he wasn't completely led astray by some wild woman. He actually knew what was going on. But out of disobedience, they both made this choice. He actually says, I placed a curse on the ground. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. All your life you will sweat to produce food, food until your dying day. Then you'll return to the ground from which you came. For you were made from the dust, and to the dust you'll return. So it's interesting, because out of the disobedience, you see that God actually cursed. But you know, the thing is interesting about that. He didn't curse them. You see that? Because life is a blessing. But God actually, what he did was he cursed the snake, and he cursed the ground. But he didn't curse Adam and Eve. And I really think that's something to, to notice and think about. And uh, God, God is, just, is so amazing to us, the things he offers us. You know, these, these gifts that he gives us. And, and I, I tried to explain to you that the most wonderful gift of all is salvation. It really, truly is. The opportunity to change our destiny out of just really saying that you're going to be obedient to God. To ask him to be your Lord and your Savior. It's, it is a simple word thing, but, you know, it's not empty words because he says you have to believe it in your heart to actually make the difference. And, uh, but out of that, you can have salvation, and that's the most wonderful blessing that you can have. Um, nothing you can ever do can cause you to receive it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You know, it's just this free gift that God offers to every person, really, that who walks this earth. Every single person. There's not one person you're going to meet that God didn't send his son to die for. And uh, it's your blessing if you want it. It's completely your choice. That's a blessing, I'm going to tell you. The most uh, awesome thing is that God didn't just stop there. You know, he could have. That was it. I mean, that would have been enough. The fact that we can actually not burn in hell forever. We can actually receive eternal life and, and have a life that's really fulfilling. He actually gives us more and more and more besides just that. Uh, way more blessings. I think what happens with a lot of believers, though, even so-called followers of Christ, is a lot of times they chalk up all these wonderful blessings as just dumb luck. And last year we talked about that, that people really misunderstand. I mean, as Christians, we all the time will say something, even to each other, we'll say, you know, oh, look at my luck. It's like, you know what, if you're really a Christian, if you're a follower of God, you realize that those things that are great are blessings. They're not happenstance. It isn't something that just happened out of luck or just the planets came together perfectly so you've been given this wonderful opportunity or this great job or the boy or girl of your dreams. It's a blessing. We have to understand to look at it in the way God intended us to look at life. And I really think we sell them short a lot of times when we have wonderful blessings given to us, but we just write it off as luck. That's not what he said. So we have to remember some things about blessings. Some very important things we need to remember is we really have to understand that we should never, ever expect to receive a blessing if you have not sought after the blesser. Don't expect God to bless you with great things in your life if you're not even seeking after the person who is going to give those things to you. If it does happen, you're probably right. It maybe is just dumb luck for you. I don't know. The thing is what God's word says, he says, the rain falls on the righteous and the wicked. So sometimes when you have great things that happen in your life, even if you're not serving God, it may be just because of the fact that it was for someone else's benefit. 
Um, maybe the reason why Trey Grove has never blown off the uh, face of the earth with tornadoes. My neighbors should be very happy because I'll tell you, I pray for protection. My neighbors should be very happy because I believe my prayers has probably stopped many a storm because of the fact, because I believe that God will bless us with protection if we ask for it and favor. And you know what? Some other neighbors might not be following God at all, doing anything. But because of the fact that there's someone praying or someone has done something, whether it be me or someone else who's faithful, they get the benefit. So sometimes I think a lot of that is that. But don't expect for you to receive a blessing if you've never sought after the blesser. People definitely want all the good things that life can offer. But the problem is that they don't realize that God really wants us to get our priorities in order first. And uh, he wants us to really seek after him and seek after those things that are really his will more so than what's our will. And uh, I think anyone can see out there that if... um, you know, that there's always going to be a problem if you've got the, the fact that people are more concerned with what's good for them than it is really what's good for um, what God wants in their lives. A lot of dumb choices are made through what people want. Uh, the point I really want you to understand is that it isn't so much that God pours down curses upon us, because I don't believe that God really is all about that as much. I think that God does curse disobedience, but I think what it is... It's not so much that he pours down curses, but I think what he does is he just says, no, no, no blessings are going to fall here. And he stops them from happening in certain people's lives. And I think that's really what's true. You know, if you look at the difference between um, good and evil, God, who is good, they talk about the Antichrist, evil, whatever. Look Look at some of those different things like that. You see that God says that we can bless something that blessings can fall down upon us, but other things like that that are based maybe in witchcraft or voodoo or something like that, you recognize what that is. It's all about putting evil on people, to curse them, to ask God, or I mean ask the God that they serve or whoever powers they are to really cause something to go bad in those, those people's lives. Now, God is not all about that. I really think that God is more so about the fact that he really wants to bless people, but then he stops blessings. And uh, I think that's what we need to understand. I think God wants us to recognize that this life is a gift. And it really, I mean, you have an opportunity to do great things. And I think that you need to understand that. He wants us to accept the gift of salvation, obviously. His plan is that he didn't die just for a couple good people. He died for everyone. It don't matter who they are, how wealthy, how pretty, how rich, how great, how rotten everything he, he's he's died for each one of them not just for certain people he wants us to worship and he wants us to honor him i think that a lot of people really miss out on that part of god i think they just go to church they don't recognize that there's something more that god expects that we are supposed to actually praise him thank him and do those things he wants us the big one the very big one he wants us to follow the commandments And there's ten, (laughs) ten big ones. But a lot of times people have a really hard time following those ten. He wants us to value those things that he values. And I think that's what happens in society is people don't value those things that God values. God values life. God values freedom. God values obedience. He values um, 
someone who really treats people well around them, treats them with respect. I want to read you um, real quick in Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. And wouldn't you know, I forgot my reading glasses because I'm really bad eyesight here. I don't know if I could possibly read it. Let me see. All right, and it's in the message translation, so it's going to, uh, it's probably going to be a little different if you're reading from a different translation, but it says, if you, if you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all of his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you just because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. God's blessings, God bless, God's blessings inside the city, God's blessings in the country, God's blessings on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves in your herds, the lambs of your flocks, God's blessing on your uh, basket and bread bowl, God's blessing in your coming in and God's blessing in your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you They'll come at you at one, one road, and they'll run away on seven roads. God will order a blessing on your barns and workplaces. He'll bless you in the land that God, your God, has given you. God will form you as a people holy to him, just as he promised you, if you keep the commandments of God, your God, and have the way, uh, live the way that he has shown you. So the thing is, God actually says that he wants to give us great things. I think what's really sad is there's people all the time walking on this world thinking you know my life is just miserable i just don't know how to make it you know i can't make ends meet i can't do this i can't do that and god says you know you can have so much better you can have blessings just seek me first follow those commandments put me in place of, of number one that is the number one you know don't put anything before god and if you do those things he wants to show us that we can be blessed so much more God's blessings, we can see that they're not haphazardly poured out upon people. God demands something of a person before he blesses them. And God's blessings really are conditional. A person has to do something to receive his blessings. I, I really think the person, you know, like I say, some happen on happenstance, you know, somebody that prayed, but the person who really prays for a blessing has to really do something to get it. Um, Promise after promise is given to a follower of Christ, but the follower has to believe God that he can give him those blessings before you get them. You know, there's no point in me praying for God's protection on something if I don't really truly believe it's going to happen, that I, I believe that I have faith that God can change circumstances, that God can move weather patterns around, that God can um, keep, you know, my finances in order. You know, what, what good is it to pray for that if I don't truly believe that God can change it? You know, that's when God will come through for you. Um, the one thing with the scripture, when I read it, it's spoken to the Israelites. It's the group of people that God saved from Egypt when they're out of the slavery. And he said all these things, if you would just follow my commandments, I'm going to bless you, which basically says I'm going to multiply everything that you have. You're never going to go without food because I'm going to bless your, your bread bowls. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you great herds of animals. And in those, them days, that's what they did for food. I mean, they, they raised farm animals and stuff like that. But the thing that's interesting, even though he was talking to a whole group of people, understand that each one of those people was going to be specifically blessed because each person is what made up the whole group of people. And that's exactly what God says to each one of us. Still today, he says, if you do these things, I'm going to multiply your life. I'm going to make it better. And uh, we just don't take hold of that. 
Those blessings haven't changed for each one of us. Um, God's blessings do come with a big if, like I said. And, and Jesus said it himself. The one thing he says, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And I think that's what the big if comes in with blessings. Is a lot of times we just don't really show God that we love him by honoring him and obeying him. And I think we look at church as something that we just do and not something that we are. Coming here doesn't make me the person that God is pleased with. Coming here does nothing. It's your heart that's going to make the difference. Do you love God? Do you want to serve Jesus? Do you want to be a person who receives blessings, who can get favor and wisdom and live a life of fullness and, and uh, a path that's straight? That's one thing that God always promises. If we do those things, he's going to help our path to be straight. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy going. I mean, it's not like it's going to be perfectly easy. There's still going to be battles. It's still going to be a struggle. But the thing we always know that God is right there beside us. I mean, I truly believe with all my heart, I believe God's word when he says, I'm as close to you as you want me to be. I know right off the bat, I can say right now, I can say Jesus and he is right here beside me. I believe that with all my heart because he says it. He says in his words, if you call upon me, I'm there with you. And, uh, you know, that's something you need to remember with fear, anything. He says, if you're ever fearful, he says that the name of Jesus demons flee and I, I truly believe that if you're 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 fearful or you're struggling in your finances you can ask god to show you and uh and show that he's real to you and god comes through i mean he has so many times over and over again the other thing that god tells us is that um not only can we be blessed but we also can bless others now i mean I've, obviously this whole idea of when people sneeze saying god bless you you know, maybe that might be done in odd ways. But, you know, God actually says that we have an opportunity to walk around to people and say, God bless you. And what's really, really cool about it is there's a scripture verse that says, and I, don't, I think it has to be motive. You have to think about what your motives are here. But um, God says if we're walking in righteousness, if we're trying to do what's right with him, that's not perfection and thinking that we're great and holier than thou because we're not. But if we're trying to do what's right, God says that we have an opportunity to see somebody. We can say God bless you to somebody. God's word says that we can walk into someone's house and we can say, God bless you to them in their house. And you know what his word says? He says, if they're righteous enough and they're living a life worthy, then that blessing will stand in their house. But if they're not, the blessing comes back to you. So you get it. So that's what's so amazing. God, see, God wants obedience and he wants us to seek after those things. There is so much more artillery that we can use and following after God, but we just don't use it. I really think that's part of the problem. Um, we're not only to bless those people that we like, our families and our friends and people that we really are thinking fun of, but the one thing that God specifically tells us is that we're supposed to bless our enemies. And that's hard. That's very difficult. But it says in Luke six twenty eight, it says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. It's a whole different thing of looking at things, isn't it? When you can say that you can pray for somebody who's not nice. Romans twelve fourteen says, bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse them. So we have to watch our words. Obviously, God's word tells us that our words have a lot of meaning. When we can specifically say, God bless you to somebody, it has meaning. It has weight. 
you know, the, the idea of thinking that. That's why sometimes I think we are our own worst enemies. We say things that are really are not good for us and good for the people around us. Um, Genesis 26, Jacob receives a blessing from his father, Isaac, instead of his brother Esau. So we can see blessings were real important. In those times at the beginning, here they had this opportunity to be blessed, and he gives the blessing to a different person, you know, the different son. And uh, it was really a big thing to be blessed by your father. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm going to tell you, I have prayed for blessings to be upon my kids. I, I think it's something that we have all opportunity and right to say. As parents, we can say God is going to bless those. God is going to bless everything that you do. Everything you set your hands to, God is going to bless. I prayed for favor for my kids, blessings. I, I prayed for all those things. And I believe that we have all opportunity to use those if we say that we are living a life that's worthy. The interesting thing, too, is you can't take back a blessing. And you see that in that scripture verse where with Jacob and Isaac, he actually gives it to the one son, and the one son comes back, Esau, who was the firstborn, and he says, but you gave my blessing away. Now, Esau was not worthy. Esau already gave up his own birthright and all this because he wanted food. He ate dinner. He wanted his dinner, and he actually says, could you have my birthright if you just basically make me a dinner? The guy was dumb. And, uh, but the thing is, you know what, he was given a blessing and he comes into his dad and he says, but can't you take that away? Can't you leave me something? Can't you give me something? He says, no, my blessing stands. So I want you to understand when you bless something, it stands, it stands. No one can come back and steal it from you and take it from you. God tells us that people cannot curse something that God also has already blessed. So no matter what, when my kids do something, someone else might sit there in this world and sit there and say, hey, you know what, I curse you, you're not going to make it. You know what, too bad, too late. You're already blessed. The blessing's already upon you. You can't take it back. That's what I say. We have so much more artillery. I want you to understand God, that he's so much bigger than what we do. We walk around as victims, and he says, you're victors. You're not victims. You have all the right to receive these wonderful things. He tells us that he's in control, that who he blesses, who he wants to bless, he's going to bless. And only who he would want to curse is ever what's going to be cursed. So the thing is, we have, un- have to understand that. You remember when I talked to you a couple weeks ago, I told you about this. Remember we were talking about angels, and I told you about how angels are really a little bit more scary than what the world has made angels out to be? And I told you about Balaam and the donkey, that this donkey was walking around and all of a sudden the donkey caught sight of this angel and it was obviously to the donkey that there was a scary angel standing there and, and, and Balaam kept trying to beat the donkey, started beating it and finally the, the donkey actually in God's word speaks and says, why do you beat me? Why do you hit me like this? And it was obviously God was trying to make a point to Balaam. What's interesting, right after that story, if you want to read it sometime in Numbers, it's Numbers 22, 23, and 24, uh, we don't have time to really go through it all today. But what's interesting about that is um, Balak, a guy, tells Balaam he wants him to go because Balaam has great, he, 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 can, he has this great power of, of proclaiming blessings on people. So he actually, and curses is what they think. So they, he wants him to go and he wants him to curse a group of people. This Balak wants him to curse it. And... Uh, it's interesting because God tells him, go. Go ahead and do it. But the thing that's so interesting is this Balak thinks that Balaam's going to go and curse all these things, and every single time he goes to speak, all he can do is ever uh, call down blessings. All he can ever do is say, God is going to bless you. God's going to bless you's people. These, these people are going to be blessed. And Balak's like, 
man, what, what are you doing? I'm telling you to curse them, and you keep blessing them. And it happens three different times. And finally, the guy's like, forget it. Forget it. Just go. Just, I don't want nothing to do with you. He says, I'm telling you, you're not going to get any reward for this. He says, I, I'm, I'm not going to give you no money for this, nothing. And Balaam's like, I can't do anything different. Because he couldn't. God wouldn't allow it. God would not allow him to call down curses on something that he blessed. Um, I want to end with a scripture verse because I thought this is really cool. It's Proverbs 26, 2. It says, like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest. So understand, don't give evil power in your life. Don't ever walk around thinking that you're cursed and you have a rotten life because someone has told you that. Call on blessings of God because you, you have all the opportunities to change your destiny. You really do. Don't ever let anybody lie to you and tell you that your life is filled with nothing and darkness and you'll never amount to nothing because you know what? That's not the case. None of you out there have that future at all. And I really think sometimes our, our people in our lives can talk such negativity that we start to believe these, these horrible things about ourselves, thinking we're not going to make it. And God wants us to really just catch hold of the, the idea and the, 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 the knowledge that we can just be so blessed and so victorious in this life. You can have a, a, a wonderful future if it's what your choice is. Just out of obedience, start to serve him. Put him first and then start to ask for those things like wisdom, favor, blessings, all those things that he wants to give you himself anyway. So I want to just end with that. We got the wonderful gifts and there's many, many more than the, just those three. I want to pray for you, but also I wanted to tell you, I think what we're going to start to do the next couple of weeks, I've come back because I'm really going to, I've been, God's kind of put this like message on my heart. And I'm really going to talk about it because I really think it's, sometimes we walk through this life and we're very um, oblivious to it. We don't think about who we are. And so I, I really want to start this, this whole message of um, who are you? And really just think about who you are as a person and why you do the things you do and just your whole past, and bring up some things and think about why you are the person that you are today. Because I think sometimes we just go about, we don't think about why we are the way we are. So I want to pray for you. Uh, think about your heads for me. I, I do want to give you an opportunity. If, if anybody's out there and you've never, ever accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never, regardless, said the words, you've never just said, God, just Jesus be um, number one, ask for forgiveness, if you've never done that, I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to say nothing, you know, out loud to you or anything. But I'm just going to, all I ask is that if you just, you want that, if you could just raise your hand and let me know, and I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you on my own. And uh, if I get an opportunity sometime in the next, you know, so many hours or something like that, I'll try to get a chance to talk to you. I, I want you to, anybody that's here, all the time to understand that Jesus offers this gift to us anytime, anytime you want it. So if you want salvation, if you've never, ever accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you want that, could you just raise your hand for me and let me know if that's what you want? And I'll pray with you sometime if that's what you want. Um, let me pray for you real quick. Okay, Lord, I just thank you so much for your, just your word, your knowledge, Lord, that you give us. We just thank you that it's so filled with wonderful promises and 
And Lord, such uh, judgment, everything, Lord, that we need. We see that we can have an opportunity to fear you because of what your word says, that we know that we can receive wisdom because of it. We know that uh, we can see that God pours favor because we see what's written in your word. And we can also see, Lord, that uh, you offer blessings because of what's in here. And I just pray, Jesus, that you would um, just help us, Lord, to reach out to what your word of what your word is, the Bible, Lord. Help us to, to really put it first and start to seek you in it. And I just pray that you just help each person that's here today, um, that you just draw them closer to you, Lord. I just pray that you just tap them on the shoulders. Um, draw them closer, Lord, where they would understand who you are and would start to seek after you. I just pray that you just go home with each person that's here, keep them safe, keep their families safe, Lord. I just praise you, and we just thank you for what you've done here tonight. And uh, Lord, just bring everyone back safe the next week, Lord. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.